0: everybody. This is Townsend. Thank you so much for tuning in. The goal of this podcast is to cover a vast variety of topics regarding mental health, struggles, share people's stories, and hopefully remind you that you're not alone. I hope you enjoy. What is up?
1: Hi there.
0: How are you?
1: Good. Happy Sunday, everybody
0: happy sunday yeah that's what i was saying it's kind of weird i usually do my live streams on monday nights but sunday just happened to work a little bit better for both you and i so i'm so excited to have you on i'm so excited to be
1: here thank you so much
0: yes yeah so i'm trying something a little bit different with my sound so if it, it sounds wonky or something acts up just let me know okay
1: okay perfect can you hear me
0: i can hear you perfectly all right so are you located in the nashville area or where are you now
1: No, (laughs) I do come to Nashville every month, though. I am in Nashville every month recording, writing, um, working on stuff, but no, I, I'm originally from Jersey and then (laughs) I moved to, I relocated to Miami, to Florida last year. Okay. Very good. So you're out at the beach. I'm a little bit jealous. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to lie. Well, right now I'm in New Jersey because I had a family emergency, but, um, but it's good to, you know, it's okay. But, um, so that's it. That's why I'm here. I'm here now, but I am. Yes. I like to get on the beach. Yes, I do. <laughs> no kidding.
0: Okay. I love it. I'm located in central Arkansas. Have you uh, ever been in, down to Arkansas? No. Okay. Well, you should come. We don't have waves like Florida. We don't have an ocean close by, but we do have lots of natural parks and beautiful things. So yeah. you don't have to swing by them. If you come, if you find yourself through Arkansas, you'll have to give me a shout.
1: I'll be coming over because I saw those potatoes you were growing today.
0: (laughs) I know. They're about this big. So we wouldn't be able to share them, but.
1: (laughs) They're so perfect. They were so cute.
0: We can take one each. How about that?
1: I love them. I'm with you.
0: Just enough. enough. Well, Nicole, I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to be talking about cancer and your journey through that. And it is just out. The number is overwhelming of women that go through this, and it's something we just don't talk about very much. And if we do, we're like kind of skating on the ice and we're afraid to say things that might hurt feelings. So I want to address that. I just want to hop in and chat with you about it. Sure.
1: Cool? I'm straight okay. out there. So whatever you want to know. I love it. I'm your girl.
0: <laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, let's go ahead. Let's introduce yourself. So who is Nicole?
1: Nicole is a lot of things. <laughs> I'm a big I'm a lot of stuff, but you know because we we all are right we're all multi dimensional in our own ways, but I will tell you that um i'm a singer i'm a songwriter, i'm a breast cancer survivor i'm a businesswoman i'm an entrepreneur um because you know you you have to pay for the passion right so you know I've been in business for a long time, and um so, you know, that, 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 the, that, that's really where I am. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a loyal friend. I like to think of myself as somebody who's there for people who, you know, really wants to empower and inspire people to live their best life, live their fullest potential, and really live their dreams.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. I love how you worded it, pay for the passion. I think people kind of forget the career that we have, especially having a diagnosis like that, sending you back that much. We're musicians. And so everything that we do, everything we create comes out of our pocket initially. And so fans and followers like the people listening tonight, Mm -hmm. make our world go round truly. And so I try to tell my audience, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart so that they know truly every one of them are so, so important. All right. So you were recently or a few years ago, it's been a few years now, uh, diagnosed with breast cancer. So did you succeed? suspect something was wrong and you went to the doctor did you just go for a checkup and something came up wrong what how did that go down
1: no so what happened was actually i was misdiagnosed for, i'm sorry if you're hearing sirens there are sirens so forgive me um i, I like i
0: yeah
1: you can you hear this i'm sorry everybody. sorry um no i actually felt something here okay i felt something And I went to my regular doctor and I was like, I feel this. And he said, yes, you know, let's get you over to the center and whatnot. So he got me into the center and they did a biopsy, which by the way, that does not tell it all. I just want everybody to know that. I can talk to you about that in a second, but you know, he came in, the guy, he was sort of, I don't know. He had a colleague with him and he was sort of joking around and laughing. And, you know, do you mind if this guy is in here while we do this? And I was like, "Uh, you know, Eh, you know, I'm not loving it, but okay. You know, so he does it and he disappears for 30, 30 minutes. And I'm sitting there like, what is it? He comes back in and he's like, Nope, you're good. You're fine. And me being me. Cause I'm very like, I, I ask a lot of questions. I'm not one that, you know, just believes in the credentials and the initials after your name. Right. I'm sure. like, well, not to, you know, I don't want to offend anyone, but how do you know you got the right spot? And he was like, we know, we know we got the right spot, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. So I went home and with that, but you know, every time I was in the shower and I'm going like this, you know, I'm just like, this is really bothering me. I don't understand. And so I thought back, I, I saw this Oprah episode and where Oprah was talking about, like, if you think something's wrong, you know, medically or whatever, your intuition, your intuition, listen to your intuition. And that's such an important oh, I love thing, Oprah. right? So I'm hearing Oprah as I'm in the shower and I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm going for another opinion, <laughs> you know, and yeah. that's just the big takeaway, you guys, you really, if anything ever happens to you, get a second and third opinion. Like, it's so important. And by the way, my mother, you know, had ovarian cancer. My mother had thyroid cancer. So cancer was a thing. My, my um, father's sister had breast cancer. So we had this going. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go for another opinion. And I, made, I call up. I'm like, I make this appointment in New York. I'm like, I'm going to go to New York City, the best, right? I'm going to go to New York City. And so I call up and they're like, oh, is it an emergency? Is it anything? I'm like, no, It's fine. You know, book me in two, three months. Can you imagine this? I have this, this in my breast. So I got, that was March when they told me I was fine. I did not go for that appointment until June. Went to the appointment and they were like, we're going to do our own, you know, mammography and blah, blah. So they did it. Is this a long story? I'm sorry if this no, seems long. No, no, go <laughs> ahead. So I'm like, so they, they put me, they, they start doing it. And they say, you know, something seems suspicious. But I didn't know what suspicious meant, you guys. Like, I thought, oh, it's suspicious. No, 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 no. Suspicious is you have it. But I didn't know that. So they take me to the neck. They're like, we want to do what's called a stereotactic biopsy, you guys. This is what you want. If this ever something happens, you want a stereotactic biopsy. The other biopsy that they did, imagine an apple. And they put a thin needle into an apple, right? So an apple has the white part and it has the core. But the white part is the fleshy part, which could be anything. But unless they get to the core, they don't really know. And that's the difference between a stereotactic biopsy and a regular biopsy. Noted. Okay. So I'm laying there on the table and she's doing, that. it's it's like a staple gun. And it's boom, boom, boom. And I'm laying the nice, and she's, she's like, I know you must have a lot of questions, but we really need to get this to the lab and blah, blah. I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, you have breast cancer.
0: Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to You're Not Alone with Townsend. If you're enjoying these live streams and podcasts and want to see them continue, head over to patreon.com slash Townsend Music. Your support means that the research and time and effort that goes into each one of these episodes can continue, and we can reach out to more guests and do more awesome things in 2022. All right, back to the
1: conversation. I was on the table. It was cold. I was laying there. I'm like... What do you mean? She's like, no one told you, and I said, no. But how do you know? And she's like, we know. I just need to confirm it. I'm 99% sure, but we need to confirm it. I just laid there, and the tears just like I just. Another crazy thing was I've never gone to the doctor with like a friend. And that day I brought my best friend with me. So God must have been watching because. I've never gone to a doctor with, like, a friend before, and she was there, and, you know, obviously, she came in, and we were crying, and we called my husband, and we're crying, you know, so this craziness of, you know, being misdiagnosed, if I really didn't listen to my intuition, which is so important, you guys, if you, if you think something, take the extra step, and so that, that, that's how I, that's how I discovered it.
0: Wow. Now, what year was that again?
1: 2009.
0: 2009. Okay. I knew it'd been a little while, but I wasn't sure how long I actually did a live stream with one of my best friends, Casey Joe, and she's watching right now. So I was asking her to hop on and feed back and let me know if this resonated with her. So she's 30 years old in her thirties, early thirties. She got diagnosed with breast cancer and she went in originally and it was kind of the same thing. They said it was, Oh, it could be from Uh, breast milk, you know, feeding babies, things like that. And it went months and months, I believe, Uh, I don't know the exact date, but when she went back, they were like, oh, there might be something wrong. Uh, So I find that really interesting that it's just not taken so seriously when you go in. Initially, that's crazy to me.
1: And then I found out later, which was even crazier from, so I went to see a lot of breast surgeons, like, you know, this is a very detailed thing, you know, we we can get into it, but my breast surgeon that I wound up going with told me that this particular doctor, I'm like the fourth one this week, like, like it's, he's wrong a lot. And I was like, wow. really? Are you kidding me? And she's like, no, we see a lot, a lot from over there from, from that particular person. And I was like, wow. So- wow, it's wow.
0: So- Casey, we're getting a ton of comments about people bragging on you. Uh, my friend Casey popped up. She said, my PCP thought it was a clogged milk duct, waited four months before going to the OB. So yeah, I knew there was a long period of time in between that. And t- she had good reasoning to think, oh, it's probably just with pregnancy, unlike yours. Oh, it's just, it's just a big knot. No big deal. That is crazy. He should, there should be red flags there. Women should not go to
1: him. Women should not go to him, but Women I- should- it it, wow, it that is- yeah, it was really mind blowing and I mean like at the time when you get this news, you're like you're just you're like, you can't even deal with that at that moment, you know there's so much to deal with. Another thing that I would tell people also, I hope this is okay, another takeaway is you know getting genetic testing is very important thing, especially with me with my mom having ovarian cancer. For me, I had to find out my genetic situation because. Was I BRCA positive? I don't know if you guys understand what that is. They, they test for these certain genetics, which mean that if you have breast cancer, you might be prone to also getting ovarian cancer. These genetic tests help you make a decision about what kind of surgery you're going to have. So That for is you- so
0: much to take in, especially in that moment of already being terrified. I'm sure you get all these questions thrown at you. Um, before you came on, so I had a lot of people message very interested in the breast cancer awareness and they wanted to know what your diagnosis actually was if you don't mind telling us
1: okay so what it was was it was um it was um ductal carcinoma it was uh it was almost about to leave the breast so it was aggressive uh, but i was stage 2a so it was it was in the milk duct right and that's what they call it uh, uh ductal carcinoma. And so the, the, the one that is, is the least for is usually stage one, is usually something called DCIS, which is ductal carcinoma in situ, which means it has not left yet. It's contained. I did not have it in my lymph, it did not go to my lymph nodes, thank God. It was only in my right breast, which was, thank God. But because of my genetic components from the genetic testing, we we saw that I had the component to have ovarian cancer. Not if, but when. It is completely genetically you're you're disposed to it. So it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. It could happen in your 80s. It could happen in your 70s. It could happen. It could happen at any time. So I had to also, I so I opted to have a double mastectomy, and I had so I had a double mastectomy. I had a 13 hour operation because I did. there's a couple of ways to do this. this, And it depends on your situation. But I had something um, called a DIEP flap where they transplant from your stomach to your breast to make like part of a breast mound. Now, a lot of doctors don't, a lot of people do not do this surgery. It's specialized surgery. It's called a microsurgery. And certain doctors do it. Certain don't but what happens is they transplant this. My doctor did what she called a hybrid. Many doctors do not do this, okay, what I'm saying right now. They, if you, if you have enough here, then they can make you breasts out of that, right? I didn't have enough to make full breasts, so I did that with an implant. That's why we're calling that a hybrid. Well, wow, that's a lot of information, is this okay?
0: I am learning so much right now. I thought I was knowledgeable, but this is blowing my mind. So would it be like a skin graft?
1: It's like that, but what happens is they take, they take, take your tissue there, it's very intricate. They have to hand sew every single, every single piece to your chest wall and make sure that the blood is going because this is skin and it can necrose, what they call necrose, which means die. So it's very, it was 13 hours, you guys. A typical mastectomy is usually eight hours. So imagine the first team. So it's a team of surgeons. Here's the thing. When you, when this happens, you have to like the team. So there's your breast surgeon and then there's your reconstructive team. But what happened, what people don't realize is these people work together all the time. So if you don't like, like if let's say you like the breast surgeon, but you don't like the, the reconstructive person or their work, you're not going to use them. So I went on my, I went on a, on a, on a, I went and saw like eight teams of doctors, you guys. I mean, we just were like, from the day I got diagnosed, I think it was June twenty-fourth to July thirteenth, I was on the table. Like all that time was research, and you really want to look at their work, guys. I was meeting women in Starbucks bathrooms. They were showing me their breath, their breasts. Okay, their reconstruction because it's scary. It's scary. Uh
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I remember, oddly enough, I remember all these conversations with my friend Casey Joe that we talked about and how celebratory it was that it hadn't spread to the thyroid. And then when she had her reconstructive surgery and how crazy it was, how that works. And the woman body is so complex and amazing, but I hadn't heard of that surgery. So that's really interesting to me and just bizarre that we've come that far with technology and surgeries. Like how cool. Now just out of curiosity for my own sake, after you had that done, how long did it take to heal the stomach area? Like it was long.
1: long. Listen, what I had was a major, like it was a major, um, it was major. (laughs) Let's just say that it was major. I couldn't even lift myself up. Like I couldn't even go like this. Okay. It was, it took, it took many, many weeks. I mean, by two o'clock I was in bed like every day. It it took a lot. It was a lot. It was like being run over by a truck, honestly, because the, the way I did it was I did the time on the table. The way most women go through it is they do the, you guys think of it like this. The breast surgeons take away the reconstructive people put back. So the, the way that it usually works in a regular circumstances, they have a mastectomy and then they put what's called expanders in. Maybe Casey Joe had that, I don't know. They put expanders in and then every week, every other week you're going and they're putting fluid in to stretch the skin, right? Because they have to have skin to cover what they're, what they're making, the implant. So that's why, so it's a long process the other way, just like it was a long process of me on the table, but I did it at once. It's not for everybody. People think, oh, you're getting your breasts done. No, this is like a totally different thing. This is your skin. This is your body type, your anatomy, your physiology. It's it's what the doctor can do with your skin, the way you heal, your texture. So it's so important to really look at these doctors' work and everything as well. A lot of people just go to somebody and they go, okay, but they don't realize all the other things. Uh, she said yeah. look what she said, yeah, expanders, yeah.
0: So the, she said expanders are the worst, definitely not a boob job.
1: <laughs> exactly. But people are like, Oh no, so, it's good, you know. It's like, no, it's not.
0: <laughs> no, nothing about this is fun. This is why I'm all about empowering women because women are just so strong. And not saying that men don't go through things as well, but just our bodies again are so complex and so amazing. And the fact that you and Casey Joe and all those other women are out on the other side and like living life as mothers and wives and hardworking, like you said, entrepreneur, that just blows my mind. So I love having y'all on here because it not only encourages me, but it lets other women know, Hey, you're not alone. This is the scariest journey, but it is okay. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, even if you can't make yourself sit up for a few weeks. Yeah, right, so Let's jump in. Tell us a little bit about what happened after you got this scary diagnosis. Did you go straight to chemo, radiation? What what was kind of that process?
1: So no, we had this, so we had the surgery um, in July, and then I had to recover, and I started chemo. Then you go to the oncologist to look at what happened. Okay, so here's the surgery. Here's the reports. Now this, your oncologist is the person who comes up with whatever your cocktail is going to be or whatever your cocktail is not going to be based on the pathology of what they found, what stage you're at, what happened. So I started chemo, um, I think it was September. So I had to heal from the surgery, get better, started chemo. I think it was September and I did it all the way through December. Every other week, um, lost my hair just lost just all of that um i had great wigs though you guys okay yeah Ooh. there's some good ones out there i discovered the wigs not that everybody anybody really wants a wig but i i made it fun you know i i, I went i got shania i got <laughs> i had all names for my wigs um but you know it's 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 a it's, chemo's really chemo's a tough journey had chemo till december had to get better from that and then had the hysterectomy in march and so it was really it's a long haul in a sense it stops you dead in your tracks like your life stops
0: yeah it makes you realize like what really matters
1: it does what, Maybe, what can
0: be stopped and hung up and what has to be dealt with
1: then it was a major turning point for me It just i not yeah, I kind of want to
0: I kind of want to touch on that in a little bit, but during that process like yeah. you going through all of these things, like you said everything comes to a halting stop, you as a musician, you as an independent woman, it's over right now. Like the tables have turned. You are in this moment I'm sure feeling completely helpless, laying on tables for days and hours and months. How was how would you describe your mental health in that time period?
1: I will tell you the way I am is I'm a very, my family, we're very like, okay, what do we have to do? You know, in the moment, we're very like, we are, we're like freight trains. We're just like one, my mother's very one foot in front of the other. Okay. I mean, the minute I told, I mean, first of all, we, I was like a little afraid to tell my mom when, when I got the news because my poor mother, look what she had been through herself already. And I like, I called my sister and I was like, what are you doing tonight? This is like in the, in the, in the doctor's office, what are you doing tonight? She's like, what do you mean? I have plans. I'm like, cancel them. You have to come to mom's. We all meet in the driveway. My mother comes out. She's like, do I need to take a pill? Like my mother, like she knew something was wrong. But <laughs> so I couldn't even say the words. It was really hard for me to say the words. But I, we got into the kitchen, around the kitchen table. My sister said it. My best friend was there. My husband was there. And then it was like, we, were, we went right to work. It was like, who do we know? Who can we call? One, my mother's very one foot in front of the other. So I was very driven to find the best treatment, the best care. I, I was like a machine. You know. I just had to go through it. But I, there was this one day where we got conflicting like opinions from the doctors like one was saying do this operation one was saying do that operation and I really remember that day just like really falling apart that day like I I just cried my eye like I just was like I don't know which way to go you know it was like that kind of moment but I will say I'm a very strong person like I don't do the I never did the why me or why this happened to me I'm just I'm not like that I'm kind of like the opposite I'm kind of like Everybody's gonna get something, when is it my turn? Like, I know that sounds crazy, but it. it, of course I had my moments. Of course I cried reading books on cancer and I cried in my bed and I had my lonely moments and weak moments, of course, I'm a human being. But my my mission, I mean, I had a nine-year-old at the time and my mission was like, I have to live. I have to get through this. I, 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 it's very like, I just have to get through this. This was my mission, to stay healthy, to not get, to not get an infection, to not be around people that were sick. Like, I wanted to get through the chemo because if, if you, you know, they test your blood every time you go for chemo. And if you if your numbers are high, they will not give it to you. So it's like, did I want it? No, but it was like, I wanted to, I isolated myself. I was very isolated at the time except my dog, she would sit on my, on my shoulder. They're the best.
0: They're the best people.
1: She knew I was never alone. So I was, you know, you have your moments. You're going to have those moments. You are going to have them. You're terrified. You're scared. You're all those things. But it's like, you have so much to do to get through it. And that's how I tried to, I just tried to like, just get through it. Really. I like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, they always talk about, uh, Glennon Doyle, I think, is the one that explained it the best for me. And it just kind of hit like a bomb. She, she talked about it in her book, Untamed, but it talked about feels. You have to feel it. And to get to feel those feels and to get over it, you have to go through it. You have to feel them. You can't just put them on the back burner. And so that really hit home for me because it's easy to just sweep things under a rug or why me, poor pitiful me. But you have to feel it. You have to fight and you have to get through it. So I really like that. Like you're like a freight train. You just got to do it. You just got to get out on the other side. And once you get there, there's a lot of light and really a lot of great things happening on that side. Once you get out of it, what do you feel like other than, you know, your family that's incredibly supportive and freight trains and your daughter, you said was like a huge encouragement for you and something that you, you wanted to keep going for what do you feel like helped you most get through it? So what are some things maybe you did for yourself during a stressful time or some mantras that you had?
1: Um, well, really this one foot in front of the other is a big mantra in our family. One thing I mean, one I did, I remember there was a sad, there was a, I mean, I was very, um, I'll tell you about that after. I'll tell you about that after. But really just, I'm just a very like, I just, it's like, we just have to do it. You know, it's just, here's what I have to do to live. Here's what I'm gonna tell myself. Cause you know, you even doubt the treatment. You know, you you doubt the treatment. I remember reading, like I was in bed reading Suzanne Somers book while I was yeah. going through chemo and she's like, chemo's the worst you're killing yourself. You're going to like, I was like, I was hysterical one day. I was just like, Oh my God. I I called my best friend. I'm like, she's like, could you put that book away? This is not the time to be reading that book right now. I was like, okay. You know? Yeah. And my mother said, my mother said, you know, if you didn't do this, if you didn't do the chemo, you'd be sitting there going, should I have done the chemo? Like there's no good. Amazing way about this i would have i would have been like should i have done it is there a cell floating around is there you know my mind would have been on that but the way i get through things like i i I do a stop sign the minute i start even now like if i start to go down a road that is the what if or the, the the sad road or the you know that road that blocks you i say stop stop sign, stop. This worry, this thing isn't gonna, it's like I just block, I have to just say stop if I can. Obviously I'm human, you guys. I'm not perfect. And I had those breakdowns. I had those moments. But I really try not to go down the one way street of going to nowhere, land.
0: Yeah, I like that. That takes a lot of discipline. And I like that it's just kind of black and white. Like if you don't have to do it, don't do it. If you do have to do it, do it. And that's just kind of one foot in front of the other. I like that. So that's really cool that you just told yourself like, this is what I'm going to do and this is how we're going to do it. That's neat. I remember hearing my friend talk about all the different inputs people had and how one person would say, like you said, chemo's the worst. And then somebody would say, Oh, it's the miracle drug. And then it would just be back and forth and back and forth. And it leaves you feeling completely lost and torn and the person that you can listen to the most is yourself. And that kind of reflects on what you talked about earlier. Your intuition is what you need to go off of because you're going to read books and get opinions from everybody. Everybody has their say, but they're not you. They're not where you've been. And so, yeah, yeah. I remember having those conversations with her and just feeling so bad The things people would say were crazy. Um, like one, I remember one being, oh yeah, I knew somebody with the exact same diagnosis as you. And it was, oh, you knew them. And they're like, well, yeah, they passed away. And you're like, who? Yeah. So, so Um, going off of that. Yeah. People don't know what to say. So, so that's a question I kind of want to address as well. So for me, I always try to do just. If I don't know what to say, I try to do, I'm thinking about you. Let me know how I can help you. Things vague, especially if I don't know what to say. But for you, for loved ones, like looking out for you, what are some things you could
1: say or do that really helped you out the most? I think it's really, it's so funny. You know, I, I, I was funny. The fact that I could think that I could hide, I didn't think I could hide it, but like there were people I didn't even tell but then you can see it's like you have this look about you when you have cancer. I don't know what it is. You get this, like, look, the eyebrows go, the eyelashes go. Like you just, I just, there were some people I didn't even tell that were friends, but they must've known. But the people, my inner circle and whatnot, it was really just being supportive. Like if my friend would come and just sit with me on the bed during the, during that time when I, it would be like after chemo treatment and I was dead, you know? And somebody just sitting in bed with me or being available, you know, because I, 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 I have like a hard time taking help from people. In general, this has been me in my life, but I'm learning more now that it is okay to take help from people. And I don't mean take, but but be open to help. I don't mean the word take, you know, be open sure. to help from people. People want to help you. They want to. I think the best thing to do is just be there. Like, you don't need to say that much. Like, you could just be like, so do you need me to, you know, food shop or pick something up for you, right? Because that's hard to food shop when you're going through that. Or, um, you know, I'm very happy to come with you to a, to a treatment if you'd like me to sit with you. That was a big thing. My, I have some friends that would come and sit with me and my mom. My mom would come and my sister would come and a friend would come and they'd sit with me during the treatment. So just, just, just being like, is there anything I can help you with? Or let me come sit with you. Or, and sometimes you don't feel like it. Like, understand it's nothing personal. Like when I had the surgery, people want to come see me. I I didn't want to see them. Not, not them. I couldn't. I, I couldn't. It wasn't them. It was I couldn't even, you know how sensitive I was to sound after that, after that operation, I was laying in bed. I couldn't even, I had to have a note on the door. Do not knock on this door. Like just walk in because I, I couldn't, your sensory overload. So just be aware that, that, that people, you just don't feel well and not to take it personally, really, you know, Sure. Yeah. it's more like, is there anything I could do for you? Do you need anything? Or, you know, can I pick something up for you or, you know, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Um, so looking back, so being this well-educated now, you've gone through this huge fight, you've had years under your belt now, what's something you wish you would have known back then when you were that many years younger, this was fresh and new, what, what maybe something you wish you knew or maybe a piece of advice you would give yourself now?
1: Meaning about the cancer of my life.
0: Either way, I'll take either one.
1: I will tell you the the thing that this did to me, when I came out of that surgery, I was on every drug, right? I was like, blah, blah, But I laid there. I mean, I was laying there in the dark and I'm telling you, it was like, I just was like, what did I do with my life? Like when you see your mortality in front of you, I don't mean to be dark, you guys. I hope I hope this doesn't make you feel dark, but put something inside you through my message, through this story that, that you can take away, which is God. At that point, I was such a turning point for me to re-envision, recreate my life to what I wanted it to be. By the way, I mean, I always was supposed to be a singer. Like I went to college for that. That's what I was doing when I got out. Like I was supposed to be that, but life took a left turn. I went into business because I was afraid, you guys. I I sold out of what I really wanted to do for many, many years. When I had cancer, that's when I said to myself, laying in my bed, meaning that, and, and I came out of surgery and I was like, what did I do? I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I can't believe I didn't do it. The one part of my life that I hadn't had, I had a great husband. I had a beautiful child. I had business success. You know what I mean? I had these things, but I was like the music, you know? and i was laying in and in, in, in during after chemo one and, and i was laying in my bed dead and i was like you know if i can get out of here if i get out of this you know i i make a pact with myself that i am going to do music i'm going to do music i don't care i'm going to do it i'm going to be dying i'm not going to be dying not trying and yeah. that was like i knew that that was the one piece that i didn't want to regret so what i would say to you guys is don't have regret. If there's something inside you that you've wanted to do with your life, whatever it is, I don't care if you want to be a cheese taster, whatever it is, I always say, take a step towards it. Don't wait. Don't wait because I'm telling you that there's something that happens when you see that mortality and you don't know it until you see it. You don't know it till you're in it. So I hope that through me, you can see it. And I realized that the music was so important, but it became bigger than that. What I've learned now is it became bigger than that. It's like a mission. Breast cancer happened for me for this reason. I believe that I'm supposed to be singing and writing music that inspires and empowers people to know that they can live to their potential, live their fullest dreams, come through something so hard and be go higher than you ever thought you could. That is what I would tell you this. Don't live with regret. It's regret is worse than pain. I couldn't even go into a theater. Sometimes you guys, I would start crying when I'd be in the theater because I knew I was supposed to do it. Your soul knows, doesn't your soul know when you're not doing something. Yes. I see a lot of hearts, so it must be resonating, but don't you know when there's something you inside That's our soul. Sorry, that's a little woo-woo. I don't mean to be woo-woo, but but that's what it is. And I can't believe how bigger my mission got from this. But I want to help people that, that that are facing cancer or that, like, I'm glad we're talking about it. Women are so embarrassed all the time. It's like being embarrassed is a waste of time.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So that's why, again, one, I... I need you to be my wake up call like every day. So I need you to call me at, like 6am and just be like, yes, you're meant to do this day. And this is your soul talking. Okay. So I'm going to hire you to be my alarm clock. Cause I feel inspired now. Okay. <laughs> Two, I'm so excited that I feel like our mission is kind of the same. So that's kind of why I hopped into music like head first. It was always something I loved, but did business first, did music second and just kind of tried to juggle them. And I had this aha moment of, I could be changing a lot more lives doing my passion and always tell people, what's a story if you don't share it? I mean, what's the point of even going through all of that? Your breast cancer, these surgeries, this huge ego change and wake up and near death experience if you're not going to share it and inspire other people. So I am in awe of you, all that Mm -hmm. you've been through. I've said it a million times, but women are amazing. Men are we as well, them? but they have no idea. They have no idea.
1: No, it's incredible. I, I'm so lucky to be here. Like, I'm so grateful to you. I'm so grateful for you having me here. I'm really. Oh, we should do a song. We should do a song.
0: That would be too cool. Let's do it. Yes. i some of your yeah since uh since i hooked up with you i've been listening to your stuff it's super encouraging it's super uplifting it's got like more of a pop feel which i really like um you can feel your emotion through the song and through the lyrics which i'm a huge fan of um lyrics are huge for me i love reading the lyrics and being able to feel those emotions from your voice and just really tell like your heart is in it and i can tell that with yours which is so cool Okay. So tell us about your latest project. I've seen you post all these things. You've got so many things going on. What's the latest thing that you have released or you're going to release?
1: What's the
0: new thing?
1: It's so funny because like we have have these like two lanes that I do. It's so it's crazy because I love dance music. So we have, you know, we have this, there's the Nicole, the dance music person. And then there's Nicole, this, you know, pop inspirational, you know, I can't help it. I love dance music. You guys, I grew up going to all the nightclubs in New York City and like, okay, it was amazing. And so it's in me. So I do these, some of these dance records with my amazing producer, Dave Audé. He's Grammy winning, like unbelievable. He won the, the Grammy for the Uptown Funk remix, you guys. Like what? Yeah. Okay, so Dave and I, right? We released "Elevating Love," which is like a—it's like Madonna meets Donna Summer. This this track—if you love to dance and everything—you're gonna like this track. It's not, you know, it's it's definitely, you know, a dance track. But we just hit number twenty on the Music Week uh, on the Commercial uh, Club Pop Charts in the United Kingdom. So this is major. This is like really great, you guys. I've top twenty record right now, and. Hopefully, hopefully we, we get into the top 10. This is what I'm hoping. Okay. So I had the app we released not too long ago and I just, so every year I write a song for breast cancer and we wrote, don't count me out. Did you see the, the music video? Did you happen to see it? Okay. I sure did. Thanks. Okay. So don't count me out is the song that I just wrote for breast cancer awareness month. Um, And I wrote that with Holly Hamill. She's a writer in in Nashville and with Dave. And I'm really proud of it. And, you know, I really put so much love and effort into the music video. I mean, hours and hours of editing and this song is, I, I really feel passionate about this song. Like I feel about all of them, but in a special way, because I think people are underestimated or they underestimate themselves and I don't want you to be counted out. Nobody should be counted out. Don't count me out. Like you have another life. You have another iteration of yourself in there. You just have to let it come out. And so that's why I wrote it. I wrote it to of course empower and uplift people to never feel that, that they can't come through something and to never Mm -hmm. be underestimated and never give up really.
0: Man, that is too cool. You're such an inspiration. How cool. I had no idea you wrote a song every year about breast cancer. That's so cool.
1: Yeah, I put something out every year for that.
0: Wow, that is too neat. So, like I said, I'm a newer fan because I actually just got introduced to you through Lee Brandon. You know, her? I
1: love Lee if she's here. Lee. <laughs> Lee.
0: Um she, she's amazing. And the minute I told her about my story and why I was doing what I was doing, she said, you have to talk to Nicole. And so she sent me your information. We listened to your songs, your music videos, checked you out on all your social media. And I was like, absolutely. Sign me up. And so she got us in touch with each other. And I'm so happy. I'm going to have to text her and tell her. Um, thank you for that.
1: No, well, thank you. I'm so grateful to you. I, I know all about your story, too, and your mission and, and you're your packed with yourself. I read that. And, yeah. you, and, and you're so unique. I mean, your sound is so unique. I've watched all of your things too. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. What you're putting out. It's, it's, it's special.
0: Well, thank you. So I, I needed this conversation. I think as much <laughs> as anyone else did. <laughs> I feel better. I feel like inspired and better about myself than I did an hour ago. Uh.
1: I, I hope everybody that. on here is, 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 is learning something or taking something. If anyone has any questions, I mean, I'm, I'm open. So.
0: Yes, absolutely. If anybody has any questions, feel free to throw them on here or message either to one of us. I know I'm open. Uh, that's kind of part of my thing. I would love to reach out. I'd love to give you referrals, references to wherever you need to go. If I'm not able to answer a question myself, I'm sure Nicole is the same since she's been in it. Um, herself so everything's really personal to her so um yeah let's talk about let's do one more thing yeah what's something did you deal like I know a lot of people on these live streams anxiety seems to be a really common factor with any topic that we choose a lot of people deal with anxiety and depression are the two things I hear about all the time did either one of those snag your attention for a little while while you were going through these and I even know you know, I've heard chemo and medications can actually make you feel anxious and depressed and then you have to fix those. So it's kind of a, a lesser of the two evils. But anyway, yeah, did you deal with that going, through this, going through this journey? I mean, of
1: course. I mean, you know, of course you're anxious. Of course, you know, you're worried. You're, you're there's a lot of things. I mean, you're hoping you're coming out alive. I mean, of these surgeries and I was anxious over my daughter and, you know, making her feel like mom's not dying today. Um, she actually asked me that question. You know, it was crazy. Kids know everything. They just do. Oh, yeah. And and so crazy. I was so worried. I was worried about how to talk to her. And you can't hide it. You cannot hide this, everybody. You can't. You must be open with your with your children because they're gonna see you and they wanna help you. My daughter was right there. She 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 helped me so much, you know. If you tell them the truth. And I remember I had read a I had like read, I was worried about that, you know, how am I gonna to talk to her? And and I, I read this whole thing about how to how to talk to kids. And thank God, because the next day we were like going out shopping and I was backing out out of the driveway and she's in the back and she's like, Mom, do you have cancer? And I was like, wait, what? And there I was, okay, pulling back into the garage. I got in the back seat with her and I sat with her and I had to like really tell her. And thank God I had read that. But yes, of course, of course, you're anxious. Of course, you're, dep- You're yeah, you, you're questioning your life. You're questioning, what did you do? You're questioning everything at that point. You know, you're like, am I going to make it? Am I going to live? What's my diagnosis? What's, did this spread? Did this, I mean, of course, you're, you're right. You know, you're, you're, this is mind blowing. You know, the thing is to really focus on what you have to do. You know, what, what can you do to get through it? But of course you're human. And of course I had my moments and I still do. We all have moments of doubt. And I I get that now, you know, I I get sad or I think, am I doing enough? Or, you know, what else can I do? You know, the, the, the sadness comes after you've gone through all the treatments and done all the things you're on such a roll afterward. So if anybody's ever been through this or God forbid you should go through this, understand that afterwards you're like, now what you know you're like you're like is there anything else i can do is this it oh my god like a little scaredness comes over you because now you're not doing something about it you're just living with it and how do you live with the fact that this is here and it could always maybe recur in the future it could Come back. This is always something that's here. This will never go. Never. So you have to really talk to yourself. You have to talk right in between. It's like, okay, yes, that could happen, but I'm not going down that road right now. I'm going to focus on my goals. It's really important to have goals to focus on, the things you want to do, not the things that you're worried about. And you know what? Exercise do the healthy things, eat the right things, go for the checkup. I go every six months, I go for an organ check because I'm more prone to certain cancers. I am. I'm more prone to pancreatic. It's my DNA. It's my genetic makeup. This is why you have to know your genetics. But so you do what you can do. And it's scary. Every time I go to the doctor, it's scary. I'm afraid they're going to see something or find something. And then what? You know, that's out there. That's real. That exists. It's this ball it's this thing that's there. You know, the thing is to not go under the covers, to, to, to right? We have a choice. We, we can go under the covers or we can write down our goals and have the bigger things ahead and live our lives and focus on the things we truly want to do because anybody's life, you could step off the sidewalk, right? So... It's hard because it's happening to you. And where do you put it? Because it can plague you and it will plague you. And then you have to say, okay, play. Okay, that's enough of that now. What are we doing? What are we going to go do? What are the goals? What am I going to get into that makes me feel good, that feeds my soul, that doesn't focus me on the sadness? I need something to go toward. And that's why I always believe doing a brain dump on paper and really putting your vision out for what you want to create. You have to have a vision for yourself that's bigger than the cancer, that's bigger than this thing that happened to you. Where are you going now?
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. It's such a, like I said earlier, it's kind of like a black and white, like, well, this is cancer, but this is my dream and this is where I'm going. And I love that. You're kind of tricking your mind into saying, You know what this is now but this is the future and i'm going to have a future it's telling yourself that this isn't the end because i've still got to finish this so i love that i love that outlook um nicole thank you so much for joining me uh tell people where they can find you so what where are some ways or what are some ways that these people can listen chat with you hit you up listen to your music watch your videos
1: thank you so much first of all i'm feeling very emotional now just even saying all these things. So, wow, thank you for letting me say them. And I am, I'm getting like emotional because it's really emotional, right? It's like, it drums it all up. So thank you. I hope that people took some, could learn and take something out of it. That's my, you know, really the dream, right? For both of us. And I would love, I'd love everybody to follow and I'd I'd love to connect with all of you. So on Instagram, it's Nicole Markson Music. And my YouTube channel is Nicole Markson. And of course, there's (laughs) NicoleMarkson.com. And in in my Instagram, in the bio is a link tree, which has everything. I'm on Facebook, too. I mean, I'm everywhere. So,
0: you know, you'll find
1: me if you Google me, you'll find me
0: that's right i love it i love it so for your followers like i said earlier my name is townsend it has been a true honor i've said that like 10 times but truly i'm just so excited that you had time to sit and chat with me that the people in nashville the powers above that be brought us together what an honor to chat with you i'm so just honestly honored that you shared this deep secret not even a secret but these deep dark moments these I don't know, they're they're just hard times and you're willing to get out and share them with everybody just to change a life and that truly means so, so much. So yes, if you guys are interested, I do these interviews like twice a month all different topics. I'm also a singer songwriter. My name is Townsend. You can find me at Townsend T Music on all the socials and my website is TownsendTmusic.com. It has been a pleasure. Thank you very so good. You. I love it. I hope you have a fantastic evening. Everybody have a great Sunday and we'll chat soon, Nicole.
1: Thank you so much. I'd love to and you are so special. Thank you so much. Uh,
0: thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed this conversation and are interested in becoming a sponsor, feel free to shoot me an email at townsendtmusic at hotmail.com or shoot me a message on any social media platform at townsendtmusic for more information. I would love for you to become a member to help spread awareness that you're not alone. If you're looking to buy or sell, I have the perfect realty company for you. Clark Co. Realty is located in the Benton Bryant, Arkansas area, and they understand that buying or selling a home is more than just a transaction. It's a life-changing experience. That's why their team of highly seasoned real estate professionals is dedicated to providing exceptional, personalized services for all their clients. They truly take great pride in the relationships they build, and they always work relentlessly on the client's behalf to help them achieve their perfect real estate goals. They always have the client in mind, and I can speak firsthand when I say how reliable, trustworthy, and quick they were. When I was looking to buy my first home, they were there with me every step of the way, answering every question I could think of. They showed me a great amount of knowledge and patience through the process. It's no wonder they've won so many awards for their outstanding services and their excellent relationships with clients. So if you're looking to buy or sell, there is no better option than Clark & Co Realty.